Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hello there and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. So today's title is Dog Should Be Seen and Not Heard? Question <laughs> mark. Um, so I actually looked this up. So this phrase that was initially children should be seen and not heard, of course, apparently was coined by someone called John Merck in the 15th century. It's stuck around a really long time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a phrase that was initially for children. And the idea was that children should be very quiet and very obedient. And they should be seen by guests or often in some cases by um, adults in the home, but not heard. Um And of course, this is not something that most parents subscribe to now. I think some people probably still do. But most people have the opinion that this was a real kind of method of control. So it was a real submission of children and a real kind of quietening in all senses, not just in terms of sound, but also just keeping children in the background, not allowing them to express themselves in certain situations. Now, I'm glad to hear that this is progressing, certainly in the UK anyway, that's not something that I hear (laughs) anymore in terms of thinking about children. However, I do feel like it is still something that is existing in the dog world. And I think, unfortunately, there's been a bit of a kind of surge in dog training recently in terms of what can we do to stop the dog from barking? How can we make the dog quiet? And again, for me, this feels like a real control play a power play essentially and here's a few reasons why so if we're controlling a dog's ability to express themselves so a dog is expressing themselves by barking excitedly barking in fear barking in frustration barking in play let's say and we are trying to shut that down to stop that from happening we're essentially saying do not express yourself using your voice Do not display how you're feeling using your voice. Find another way to do it or don't do it, essentially. We're also controlling their ability or their method of communicating their needs. So they might be barking because there's no water in their water bowl, let's say, or they might be barking because you are preparing their dinner and they absolutely cannot wait. (laughs) So they are trying to communicate a need to you and you're saying, no, uh uh-uh, please do not bark. Now, again, (laughs) what does the dog do instead then? Are we taking the time to offer an alternative method for them to communicate need? Are we teaching that to them? Or are we just saying, do not bark, do not communicate your need to me through barking? We're also often trying to control their breed specific, absolutely bred in by humans, genetic code. So in some dogs, barking is has been bred into them by us which is the irony (laughs) so we have bred guard dogs to bark when they hear 
potential intruders, noises that are popping up in the environment or people that are walking by the the house. In certain working breeds, we have bred dogs to bark, to alert to wildlife, for example. There's all kinds of breeds that we have bred barking into. And then now in 2022, we get very upset when they start barking. (laughs) So trying to control that kind of genetic code, which is, sounds a bit nonsense, doesn't it? Because it is so so within them and so so innate we're also often trying to control ourselves so we're trying to control our response we know that we are highly triggered when the dog starts barking we are immediately irritated and angry and we don't want to get angry with our dogs so we are trying to stop the dog from barking so that we don't have an angry response (laughs) again that's a little bit backwards isn't it why should we be stopping a dog from using their method of communication because we are not able to control our own emotions and I say that with care because I too am very triggered by my own dog's barking so I get it I'm not saying that you're a bad person please don't think that it's just that we need to think a little bit about how we can control ourselves from our side of things rather than trying to prevent the dog from communicating necessarily we're often also trying to control what we perceive is other people's response to our dog barking so you might be being a super considerate neighbor let's say and you don't want your dog to be barking and disturbing your neighbors when they're going about their day um, maybe you take your dog to work and you don't want them to be barking and disturbing your colleagues when they're trying to work or something like that um, again This is our perceived response of other people. Now, in some cases, you might be like, no, it's not a perceived response. They've outright told me they don't like the barking. Okay, that's a little bit different. But if you have yet to have a conversation with your (laughs) neighbours, you don't know what their response is. So my dog Riggs, when we first got him, um, he had very bad separation anxiety. And while we were trying to treat it in the wrong way and allowing him to do some barking, et cetera, et cetera, which I wouldn't recommend now, um... I was very worried about the upstairs neighbours, very, very, very worried. In the end, I got the guts to go around and say, look, we're trying to do a bit of training with him. We're trying to sort him out. Here's the bottle of wine. I'm really sorry. And they were like, oh, I didn't even notice. Like it just something that you get yourself into such a stress about. And they're like, oh, yeah, OK, I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, And the last one is, and this isn't always easy to hear, But often we're trying to control or to change the dog that you have in front of you to fit the mold of the dog you wanted or the dog you used to have. Are you comparing your current Border Collie to your Border Collie you had 10 years ago who was quiet and peaceful and now the one you've got now is ba 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 and you think, oh, I wish you could be a bit more like she was. <laughs> or are you trying to compare your, I don't know, Rottweiler that only ever barked when there was a noise outside and now the, the Rottweiler you've got now barks at every single sound in the house, outside the house, on a walk and you think, oh, God, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so again there's nothing wrong with you if you're comparing your dog there's nothing wrong with you if you're thinking oh this isn't quite what I had in mind but don't let that be the reason you try to shut your dog up instead of thinking about shutting them up we want to think about why they're barking why they're trying to communicate with us rather than just saying nope please do not do that (laughs) so why are all of these things important 
So trying to control a dog's ability to express themselves, to trying to control their ability to communicate need, trying to control their breed-specific genetic code, our responses, our perceived responses of others, changing the dog that we have in front of us to the dog that we wish that we had. Well, in a sentence, control is the antithesis of safety. So as we always talk about on the podcast, making your dog feel safe in their world is the most important thing. And control is often the antithesis of that. So when we're trying to control another being's emotions, behavior, reactions to the world, even if it comes from a place of love, it's never going to be exactly what that other being needs because they have their own emotional experience. They have their own learning history. They have their own brain. <laughs> so what you're trying to do in controlling them, trying to make things better, can often make things much worse. So I like to think that we owe it to our dogs to listen, to listen to that barking, to try and identify what is going on here. What? Why are you barking? Um identifying what needs aren't being met and they could be physical needs needs like exercise food water they could be in the moment needs my balls run run over the so run under the sofa <laughs> they could be excitement they could be um emotional needs i'm actually feeling really quite stressed right now or i'm so excited i don't know what to do with myself so trying to identify that need and respond to it is really really important We've also got to think about providing an outlet for breed specific behaviors. So if your dog is bred to bark, can you have a half an hour of the day where you walk the perimeter of your property with them and you let them barkity bark, 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 do it 10am when everyone's gone to work or, you know, it's not an, not an obnoxious time. Let them get that barking out of their system. Chances are they'll come in and go to sleep for the rest of the day. This is what I do with my Pyrenean mountain dog. I let her alert me for a little bit in the, in the morning, which is the time where they would usually do most of their alerting. Um, and then she just crashes out for a few hours <laughs> we also owe it to our dogs to manage our own triggers so like i was saying before if you are triggered by your dog barking you need to have a think about how you can start to manage that um if it's a really extreme trigger you might think about do i need to speak to someone about how to manage this is it coming out in lots of ways or it could just be seeking the support of a partner a friend um, or doing whatever it is you do that helps you to feel calm we also want to measure being considerate for others <laughs> when it comes to barking over actually our needs and our dog's needs. Um, lots of us, myself included, are people pleasers. We want everyone around us to feel good. There's not really anything wrong with that, but there is if it comes at the expense of you <laughs> and potentially your dog as well. You know, a couple of barks a few times a day is not the end of the world. Lots of people are much louder than that. So just think about whether your intense emotions that you're feeling about, oh my gosh, what are my neighbours or my friends thinking are really appropriate or whether they are exaggerated. And I think as well, the last one, the most important one is we owe it to our dogs to love them for who they are, not who we thought they might be not who we hope they will become, not who they are compared to from our previous dogs or our friends' dogs or their litter mates, but for who they are, because they have, I'm sure, thousands of wonderful qualities. 
And even if barking is one of the ones that you don't love so much, (laughs) there'll be a thousand other things that you do absolutely love about your dog. Now, just to finish, I do think that in some cases, barking is a real expression of stress, is a real expression of over arousal in not so much of a good way. And when I think when we're talking about finding out what our dog's needs are, there are things that we can do to help them with that. However, this stuff that I've spoken about today, this is the most important stuff. (laughs) So I want that to be your basis before you think about how to start helping your dog with with barking. Now, if you have got a dog that comes and barks at you, something that's often often referred to as demand barking, um, it's a bit of an old-fashioned term and not a very nice one, I don't think. But if you have got a dog that comes and barks at you and you kind of feel like, oh, I think I've met all of your needs and I'm not really sure what this is about, but you are quite insistent with your barking, um, I have got a workshop which I think will help. I will link to it in the show notes. It's really popular. We did it just a couple of weeks ago um, and it's, or maybe last week, I think (laughs) and there's loads of information in there about why your dog might be barking how to help them and how to support them Um, but again the basis for that workshop is really about thinking about need and supporting that dog rather than shutting down that barking and that communication Okay, if you have found this episode helpful, I would hugely, hugely appreciate it if you can subscribe to Letters From Your Dog and write us a review if you have time. It really does help us to reach more people and to put on new and more exciting episodes for you guys in the future. All right, I will speak to you soon. Take care. Bye.